I will say though, thank you, Lori and Jackson, for bringing us closer as brothers. Like our equal hate for you guys was <laughs> great enough to bring us together. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad to say now, but it's true. You're, you're welcome, Avery. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, you. Hello back to you. How you doing? I'm excited. Why are you excited? I can't tell you. Okay. (laughs) I could not think of a better guest to have on our 100th episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. That's why I'm excited. Well, you said you couldn't tell me. I thought it was something else. I didn't tell you. You guessed it. Oh. Well, David, tell them who our guest is today. So our guest is Nacho Kid number one. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. My firstborn. The OG Nacho Kid. <laughs> the one that actually, I would say, mastered nachoing before it was a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you'll hear in this interview with him, we talked to my oldest son about his viewpoints of going through the blend and all that. And we've talked to a couple of other, my sons, two of the triplets. Well, this is Avery. Avery's about a year and a half older than them. And at one point in the interview, he, he makes a comment about, you know, not remembering a lot of the problems that we were having, which is, (laughs) which is his way of saying, I just stayed out of all of it. I just completely just kept to myself, stayed in my room, did my thing. You know, I nachoed everybody. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's funny to me is you and I still remember the hurt. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes more me than you, but we still remember the struggles. We still remember the pain. And we really thought that the kids would carry those same feelings. Yeah. And so far, none of them. No. I mean, they, they remember things at different times and at different levels, but none of them have the same feelings about it that we do. They weren't traumatized is my point. <laughs> they didn't have post-traumatic stepmom disorder. <laughs> they didn't have, was it post-traumatic stepkid disorder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> post-traumatic blending disorder. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Um, it, but it's, it was very interesting hearing from Avery and how he doesn't, he doesn't really remember a lot of the struggles. He was the oldest, but there was, there were certain key events in our life that I remember him having a terrible time with. And it just, he's like, nah, it didn't really bother me none. (laughs) Well, yeah, he remembers one of those times that you're talking about, but Mm -hmm. not to the same extent you do. Mm -hmm. Or it's not like he remembers it and feels the pain again. No, and I think that goes to speak to how kids see things later in life very differently than we do. Like I experienced, for example, one of the times where he didn't want to come home with me during the swap. And it was a painful experience for me. It was anyway, for him, it was just like, yeah, I was just being a butt (laughs) for me. It was like, I still remember it. And it still bothers me because you know, I'm the whole time I'm driving back after a 45 minute ordeal just to get him in the car. And I, and I'm going, what am I doing? What, you know, what if I got myself into, what am I doing to my kids and are they going to be okay? And all these questions that step parents ask themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. While I'm sitting on the front porch thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on the, the other end of it, but with the exact same thoughts like, oh my gosh, what have I done? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> my kids are going to have to be in therapy and all kind of us, which I'm not saying that my kids don't have to be in therapy, <laughs> but it would probably be for other reasons as well. <laughs> you know, I was so anxious, nervous, petrified of doing this podcast. Yeah. Avery was the one, you don't know how he really feels about you because he's, he's very, very introverted. Mm-hmm. Very. And some, and we've seen it before. Where some people say that, you know, my kid or my stepkid is socially awkward or socially re- reclusive or whatever. And that was Avery most of the time. I mean, every single year of his school life, he would get in trouble for not answering the teacher. <laughs> he, you know, they'd call him, call on him to answer and he wouldn't answer. And what gets me is, you know, you could ask him something. And he would just stare at you and he would not give in. No, no, especially if he did something that he got in trouble for. He never, I never, ever caught him in a lie ever, but he would never incriminate himself either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, he won't tell you he did it necessarily, <laughs> but he won't tell you he didn't either. He's just going to just look at you. <laughs> One of the funniest things I remember with Avery, and I don't think we talked about this during the podcast, was I think it was the triplets 13th birthday party. And I remember Mason with his tie-dyed outfit dancing with his pants on the ground (laughs) because that's when that thing was around. And Avery jumps in this lady's van that dropped her kids off. And he's like, I'm jacking your car. Yeah. And I I still can remember laughing so hard at that because that was so out of character for Avery. And and yet not. Because once once you know Avery, you realize that he does these completely random, crazy things, or he says just random, crazy things. And you're going to hear some of them. Yeah. And he's quick with them, too. So I think he gets his quick wittedness from, from me. No, it's from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he. so Avery's the one that I always walked around the house. And every time I would say something crazy to Lori, he would hold his hand up and he would act like he was writing on his hand <laughs> because he... He would say that he's writing a book on the 101 things not to say to your wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so every time I'd say something crazy, he'd just look at his hand and act like he was writing. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we've way past 101. I think we're working on 1,001 things not to Uh, say. (laughs) 10,000 maybe. (laughs) But he's hilarious. He, He really is. And some of the things he says, some of the listeners may be like, well... That's rude or that's insensitive or that has to hurt Lori's feelings. It would if I didn't know Avery. Mm -hmm. And I'm not giving him excuses or anything like that. It's just, it's who he is. And I love him for who he is. He's just not as... He don't care about tact. No, he don't. But he's not also as sensitive as most people. Like, he's looking at it as he's in Japan with his wife and that's all that matters. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, well, (laughs) that's your problem, not mine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh he's interesting. So so he's in Japan. You, you, everybody's probably heard me talk about the trip I made to Japan. Gosh, it's been what two years ago now. Yeah, we talk about it during the episode. Yeah. So uh, he's the this is the one that I went over to see. Well, I saw him and uh, one of the triplets that Branson that was also on one of the earlier podcasts. But I only got to see Branson for a day. <laughs> we went. To, I think it was the first day or maybe the very next day after I got there, we went over, we went to Disney. Gosh, what is it? Disney, not Tokyo. Japan. Osaka. I don't know. I think Disney's in Osaka. Can't remember. Y'all are the Disney freaks, not me. I don't remember. Anyway, we went to Disney and I'm thinking to myself, I traveled halfway across the world 
to go to a place that I can go eight hours away. <laughs> but we went to Disney and I, I was having jet lag and uh, Avery and Branson, they've already been there several weeks or, or months at that point. But I'm sitting there and we're in line and they're like, we want to go ride Space Mountain. And I said, y'all go ahead. I got to sit right here at this little picnic table thing for a minute. And I just put my head down and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour later, they come back and I'm still sitting there at that table sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But I know one part of the interview, uh, we talk about Jackson and Avery. And Avery's kind of disconnected, I would say, from Jackson. And he makes a comment. And at first, I was like, he doesn't love my baby. But then I'm like, well, in reality, Jackson feels that same disconnect with him. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. It's all okay. Yeah, but even amongst the four brothers, there's different connections. Mm-hmm. It was always Avery and Mason and Branson and Ethan. Yep. I, I do remember Jackson cycling through all of them, though. Mm-hmm. That was funny. <laughs> but anyway, we really, really appreciate Avery being a guest because it shocked me when David said, Avery wants to be a guest on the podcast. I'm like, am I dreaming? What did you say? Yeah, we were talking one night and... Uh, we're talking about Branson and Ethan being on the podcast. And Avery was like, well, when am I going to be on there? And I'm like, well, do you want to be on there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Holy moly. So yeah, that was a shocker. But I really am proud of Avery. He has grown and matured and turned into a fine young man, despite not having me parent him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is moving back to South Carolina um, sometime this summer, which I'm excited about. He's not, but I am. All right. Well. Let's get to listening to this interview with Avery. And uh, first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have one of my stepsons, Avery. Hey, Avery, how are you? Hello. (laughs) So, Avery is my oldest son. Yes. And I say that with a big old smile on my face. (laughs) My favorite. Um. You know, I can't say that out loud, Avery. Well, you're, I was your favorite for at least a year. <laughs> you are my number one son. That is technically true. You know, Avery, honestly, you, or you're the only one that had that alone time with me. Everybody else had to share. You're the only one. Yeah, it doesn't mean I really remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect you did since your brothers came along. I guess you were, what, like 18 months old? <laughs> yeah. And they come along. Just at like a year? Yeah. So you had, you had a good year, maybe. But I, I remember when the triplets came home, and you probably remember this story. We've talked about it before, but mm-hmm. you also have it on video. <laughs> yeah. So Avery uh, crawls up into the minivan. Well, actually, you didn't crawl in the minivan. We pulled out one baby, then two babies, and then three babies, and and then you crawled up in the minivan. You're like, uh, any more, or is that all, or something? I don't remember exactly <laughs> what you said, but it was kind of, you know, for you that was normal because that's. You know, the only time you've ever experienced babies coming home, they come home in threes. <laughs> so I'm sure that was that was interesting. But you you've not really I don't think you really remember a time that you haven't had three additional brothers around. Uh, they've been there basically for all of my conscious life. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know how else to describe the moment before you like actually remember things as a child. Yeah. I don't know because I think a lot of the stuff I thought happened as a child, I don't think they actually happened. I think it's, it's fake memories. <laughs> mm-hmm. That happens a lot. I noticed that uh, things that I actually remember when I actually go back and really think about it, it's like, oh, no, it actually didn't happen this way. It was this other way that happened. So I've been lying to myself my entire life, basically. <laughs> it's true. And what's funny is if you get you and the brothers and y'all all sit around and talk about a memory you each have to see how different it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can talk about the time that uh, Ethan almost took my eye out with the airsoft gun. <laughs> was it airsoft? No, it was, uh, it was one of those BB guns. I don't, I don't know about this thing. I don't either. Oh, well, I ran in crying <laughs> until you. <laughs> uh, basically, he, Ethan being Ethan, he points the BB gun at the ground on our uh, driveway, which is asphalt, and it ricochets and hits me right in the forehead. Uh, How old were you? Couldn't have been like, what, was- like 10, 11-ish? Because hmm. I remember y'all having a BB gun because we've still got some vinyl siding with holes in it. <laughs> But I don't remember you getting shot in the head or eye. Yeah. Well, it didn't hurt that bad because it was ricocheted. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. We're probably. Oh, know. I almost lost my eye that day. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably like, it's just Ethan. Hush. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the time Ethan tried to. Uh, oh, we all remember this. He tried to climb the pantry to be Spider-Man. <laughs> De- definitely remember that. Ethan <laughs> fell and knocked himself unconscious. And then when he came to, he couldn't see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely remember that. And that wasn't the only time he knocked himself unconscious. No, do you remember the other time Avery was at that birthday party they had and Ethan was in the hammock? Oh, yeah. I think I was the one pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what happened. We find out a lot of stuff years later. Yeah. So. Yeah. I also found a lot of things out years later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, and we, we've interviewed, you know this, even though I don't think you've listened to it, we've interviewed two of your brothers on here. And um, actually, I hope you haven't listened to it because I want your recollection of things to be yours and that um, and that you're not, you know, remembering something from, from their conversation. But I, I do remember back when I went through the divorce, it was particularly hard on you, uh, or at least it seemed to me that it was. Did, how would you describe it? Uh, did not take it well. <laughs> So I did not know, like, when did you guys get divorced? And I was like, what, eight, nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was extremely young. I did not know, like, what was going on. So I thought basically, I thought, uh, how would I put it? You guys were just leaving each other. And I went and see, like, either one of you again. Like, I would have to pick someone to stay with. Oh, pick me, pick me. But <laughs> well, I thought I was going to have to stay with dad because that's like, I don't know where mom's going. Yeah. Cause oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Because I stayed in the in the home. It was, I, I had no idea what was going on. And then you all, I remember you all coming together. Like we were all in our bedrooms with you, mom, and all of us. And just talking about how you guys were getting a divorce and you wouldn't be living together anymore. And we really didn't like grasp that concept until it happened. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good point to bring up because as much as I tried to explain to you guys what was going on and how it would affect you, you still couldn't understand it. We really didn't understand what was going on. We thought you guys would make up or something, but like, of course, years later, I figured out what happened. Mm-hmm. So there's no, I thought you guys would make up or this would be like one of those like married coupled fights. 
that happens, but I did not know like the extent of it. Right. Yeah. So, so initially I'm, I'm just, I don't want to assume here. So I'm asking initially your feeling is probably more of what happened. What, you know, did, did, did somebody do something like did one of the brothers make somebody mad or I mean, what was your thought process on that? Well, I know the brothers didn't do anything because they didn't know what was going on either. Cause me and the brothers were really close. We talked about a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all like wondering what happened between you and mom. So we're just all grouped up together, like wondering what's going to happen to us. It's like, we're going to live, we're going to live with dad or we're going to live with mom. What's, what's going to happen. Right. Because I guess at that age, you didn't realize, or maybe your mom and dad didn't even tell you that y'all would go back and forth and your mom would stay in town. No, it was just that mom was leaving. Yeah. Mom's leaving. Dad's staying here. And of course, being like eight years old, you have no idea how divorce court works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you never learn like through experience, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's just, we really had no idea how to react to it until it, we were actually living it. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's nothing to prepare you for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have your entire world snatched out from under you. I mean, everything that you have as far as stability becomes very unstable. So once once things have had kind of progressed for a while and you're you kind of figuring out there's some going back and forth and, and we'll say this is pre Lori. <laughs> um, PL. Yeah. The, so once you've kind of starting to navigate this, um, does your feelings change at all? Or you still kind of feel the same? Uh, I mean, I still hate that you guys got divorced, but I understand why. Because like divorce is not a good thing for the kids, really. Like the parents may sit there and be like, oh, it's the best thing for us. But for the kids, they may see it as like an absolute evil that they never want to go through. Mm-hmm. I thought like the divorce was really hard on all of us. Like, it was really hard the first couple of months having to go back and forth between houses and not having that. Uh, every other week schedule. Like it was a weird schedule where like you were with your house, we were at your house Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we always go to mom's on Thursday and then Friday we come back. And then the weekends was mom's. It was a really weird schedule. I don't remember like specifics about it, but it was really complicated. And it changed throughout the years a little bit too. Yeah. Until we finally had a hissy fit about it. And then we were (laughs) like, can we just do every week, please? (laughs) Cause I was tired of like taking my, my PlayStation back and forth like every single day. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like, didn't it? Yeah. Well, it was almost that. So initially, the schedule you're talking about, Avery, was um, your mom would get get you guys every Thursday and then every other weekend. Mm-hmm. That's so, how that's how it was when we got married. Yeah. So so it was one week. It was Thursday, and then the next week it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think that's what it was. So and then we ended up switching from that. And then we went to one where it was equal time, but it was broken up a lot. So it was two day, two days at one place, two days at the next place, three days at the one place, two days. And it just kind of went back and forth so that, you know, over the course of two weeks, it was seven days in both places, but it was broken up. And, and I'll admit part of that was because I didn't want to go more than three days without seeing you guys. And, um, and we did that for a while. And then, as you said, um, hissy fits occurred. And, um, and I really had to put my, my feelings aside and say, what, what's best for you guys. And at the time, and I still believe this, I think the best thing was, was to give y'all more stability and less back and forth. And I think that once we did that, um, I saw a change in behavior 
with you guys. I think you didn't feel like you were being tossed around so much and, and you felt more comfortable because you can, you can actually get settled in because before that you were literally living out of like gym bags. You know, you, you bring stuff back and forth and you'd get it out of your little gym bag and put it back in. And I mean, you never really felt like you had a home anywhere. Yeah. It was really just annoying more than anything, like having to go back and forth between households. Cause like we're here and then we're going to have to pack up and go back to the other place in a couple of days. Yeah. The best decision was the every other week. Cause you stay mom a whole week, stay with dad a whole week and you don't have to worry about packing up every day. Mm-hmm. You can just like, you can breathe basically. All right, Avery, let's, let's fast forward to the, the dating time I had with Lori. So you, you know, we're kind of. Yeah. Skip the dating time with all the other girls. There, there were no other girls. So. Oh, there were other girls. <laughs> Avery. <laughs> Avery, let's talk about that. <laughs> Don't talk about that. I mean, I can't, I can only remember one. Look, you remember I said that some of your memories are fake. That's what I'm talking about. I remember, I definitely remember the other one because she had a kid named Avery. <laughs> was that um, the hair cutter? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, don't mention names. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> That's not only She's you- the one that the oh. brothers talk about that your dad took her to the building for a romantic evening and they had to guard the door. Do you remember that story? I remember something about guarding a door, but I honestly thought that was with you. (gasps) (laughs) 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 So you were the one in the building. No, no. I'm telling you, I don't know where that story came from. And now when I say something to Ethan about it, he's like laughs like, oh, we made that up. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly thought it was like something. I think... When I think back about it, I think it was like something completely innocent. You guys were just talking, but Ethan and Branson being them one, like guard the door. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I just thought it was crazy. Do you remember that time we got the bat in the house? Yes. <laughs> yes, actually. Do you remember us screaming, close the door, open the door, close the door, open the door? I was upstairs when it all happened. So all I can remember is like a bunch of yelling. And then I walked downstairs <laughs> to see what was going on. And then dad's like, go back upstairs. There's a bat in the house. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I look up in the ceiling that, yeah, there's a bat flying around the house. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you guys got it out because I went back upstairs. Well, we were screaming at Jackson and the brothers to close the doors downstairs because they kept coming out when we would say open the door. Yeah, because I was trying to get Lori to open the front door so the bat could possibly fly out. So I would yell at her, open the door. And then the kids would open the door and I would turn around and go, close the door. <laughs> and they would close the door. And then I'd say, open the door. And then and they would open the door. I'm like, close the door. <laughs> and I, I was like, good grief. This is not working. And, you know, and I think I was sitting on the couch. I didn't have a shirt on. And you and took I, a blanket and put it on you. I know. I saw this bat. The only thing I can think of was this bat latching onto me and biting me. So I, you know, got this blanket over me. <laughs> And then I ran into the bedroom and saw it fly between the cracks of the French doors. And I'm telling you, I saw his little eyes. <laughs> Bats are adorable. Yeah, they are adorable. They are. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, get back to the um, the dating. So I'm dating Lori. Um, how did you feel about the fact that, you know, your dad's dating somebody and he's he's in you know, a serious relationship? Because I remember talking to you guys about, you know, the potential of Mary and Lori and what you thought about it and how did how did you feel about that? Well, at first, it seemed like exciting, like yay, Dad's got is going to get a new wife and all, and uh, she got a kid, so we're going to have another brother. So first, the uh, first thoughts was 
yay, cool, exciting. That's like <laughs> the, that's like the first thoughts before you like actually live with each other. Okay. All right. So then, and then, yeah. So then we get married, and and, and then that's what it all happens. And the, <laughs> the two the two crazies move in, aka Lori and her son. Look at here. <laughs> now I don't know if you remember the timelines, but it didn't like go crazy as soon as they moved in. It was a time frame. It was a year or so that things started kind of going downhill. So it wasn't like immediate, but you know, it started that progression. Is that, is that the way you remember it? Yeah. You remember it more being a progression or immediate? Yeah, it was, it was a progression. Cause I remember we all didn't like have any problems with lawyer Jackson the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> the first, uh, the first like couple months or like year. But then like, after, after that, with like the, excitement or like the new people coming into the house <laughs> like faded away started like having problems mm-hmm. okay so so talk about it from your perspective what did what did you see what did you experience what did you feel like the beginning the problems the problems mm-hmm. well you know it's become like a joke in our household but he's five <laughs> <laughs> basically in our eyes he could get away with anything just because he's five yeah so for for the listeners he's talking about the the jackson you know anything and everything he did the the excuse was well he's just five and i know some of you listening are nodding your head going oh my gosh i hear the same thing in my house because it then it turns into it's just he's just six then he's just seven. <laughs> Even when he was like 10 years old, we still say, but he's five. <laughs> yeah, y'all would. <laughs> y'all would do that. <laughs> I remember us doing that because it was, we always said it because every excuse for Lori was, he's five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this kid can murder someone. He's five. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, there is some truth in that. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So w- what other problems did you see? Mm, well, that's about like the main one, really. Just like Lori always favoring Jackson because obviously son and all. But it's just like we uh, honestly felt like, well, if he can just do that, then what's the point of like getting along with him? Because if he if he says so, then it happened. So we thought like, oh, they're just going to take Jackson's word for it because he's the youngest and he's five. <laughs> So that's when we like started shunning Jackson for everything. Right. And it, I remember how it started too. So like I was on the computer in our room, like when we used to live downstairs. And so Jackson comes to the room and like gets on the back of the chair that I'm on and he just falls, not from anyone. He just falls over and then he blames it on me. And then I get in trouble for it because Jackson said I did it and everybody else, like Mason was there too. And he's like, I didn't see that at all. And then I just like have to sit on the corner for like 15 minutes because Jackson said I did something when I didn't do it. And so that's when we all like band together and said, no, we don't like this kid anymore. Well, I'm going to have to have a little word with Jackson after this. (laughs) I think it's funny, though. You said Mason said he didn't see it because we'd always joke about Mason saying he saw everything even when he wasn't around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Mason would have seen it if I did it. (laughs) Jackson saying I threw him off the chair. I didn't touch you. I don't remember that, but Branson brought that up. Well, Branson didn't bring up that instance specifically, but he said that things changed when 
I believed Jackson over y'all. Mm-hmm. I thought he said him, but he might have said y'all. But I, I mean, I'm sure I did over believe him over all y'all. But let me tell you one thing real fast, and I don't want to get too much into me asking you questions, but because I'm going to go back and ask you questions about things you said later, but I don't want to influence you. So you, you remember that y'all were playing airsoft, and Jackson got shot in his hand, and Jackson's telling me that Ethan shot him on his in his hand on purpose, and Ethan's going, uh-uh, uh-uh, and Mason's like, uh-uh, I saw it, whatever. So anyway, come to find out... Ethan tells us recently that he did shoot Jackson in the hand on purpose. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're playing airsoft, so that's the whole goal. Well, Ethan said that he was getting mad because I had Jackson so uh, protected with clothes and stuff that it didn't hurt him when y'all shot him. So he wanted to make sure it hurt him. (laughs) I don't think it was the hurting part. I think the part was that he was shooting Jackson and Jackson wasn't, you know, calling himself out. You know, like, I've been shot. I'm done. No, they were standing in the front yard. They were through. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ethan said they were standing there talking, and he saw a bare hand and goes, there's my opportunity. (laughs) And pow. But it did get rid of the wart on Jackson's hand. See? It was all for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. It did. All part of the Lord's will. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that was it. All right, so so we have this kid in the house that, that is five, and he can get away with everything. Did you... Or should I say, when did you start having issues with Lori? Was bec- was it because of that? Yeah, just mostly because she was Jackson's protector. Okay. And about anything that would happen, because it's like, I don't know if you guys had like an agreement that you would punish your own kids. And uh, basically what we saw was we bring up a problem to Lori about Jackson, but she would never do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So that just like downward spiraled into us like, okay, we can't rely on her anymore. We're just going to have to bully this kid until he stops. <laughs> um, I mean, when when the police don't want to help you, you just gotta take matters into your own hands. <laughs> <laughs> just dishing out vigilante justice. <laughs> Leave it, Avery. All right, so I'm just, I'm just trying to walk. <laughs> I'm just trying to walk through the timeline of kind of what what happened. Um, did you ever notice? Any issues between me and Lori? Uh, there were like some times that was like really early on in the marriage. Was like I noticed some fights, but they were like very few. Do you, Do you remember the time where? Oh Lord! <laughs> do you remember the time where she and I would? Well, she wasn't quite involved in the conversation, but I was talking about you know basically ending the the marriage. Uh, it must have been a while ago, like a long while ago. Yeah, it, I don't I don't remember that part. It was like you're two and a half ish. Yeah. Three. Well, see, Avery had, you know, for for the listeners, because <laughs> it's funny, because if you go back and listen to Branson and Ethan's account of things, they remember some of this. But Avery was always um, more disconnected. Like he didn't really want to be involved in those conversations or, you know, you kind of were doing your own thing. And um, I keep to myself. Yeah, you're, you've always been that way. It's kind of like I'm over here. I'm doing my thing. I'm leaving everybody alone. Leave me alone. And um, but he's watching and observing. Oh, he definitely watches and observes. <laughs> um, but you would do that. You, I mean, you've always done that. Even in school, you've done that. You've always been the quiet kid that left everybody alone, wanted to be left alone. And um, but you were always observing. <laughs> Unless you were playing video games. Can't deny that. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, you, well, you were observing the games then, of course, but just not. Yeah, my, my whole body and soul's in that game. That's right. <laughs> I have been told that when I play, I like move my mouth like I'm speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. And like we were playing stuff at uh, work, like when you have downtime, we were like playing Smash Brothers. And one of the guys pointed out like, yeah, you're like moving your mouth when you play. I was like, yeah, I pray when I play. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for your death. <laughs> David. <laughs> So you don't you don't remember any of that, which is which is good. Um, do you remember any of the conversations that I would have with you guys um, about Lori and Jackson and kind of, you know, I know things are bad, but, you know, this understand where they're coming from. They, they had to move into a house and it's ours, basically, and we're trying to make it theirs. And you remember any of those conversations? I remember having them, but I don't remember like specifics. OK, because <laughs> you're thinking, I don't care. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just kick him out already. Yeah, just be done with it. <laughs> I don't know that it. I don't know that it affected you as much as it did. Like for example, Branson. I remember Branson had like real issues. Yeah, I, th- I think Branson was like, she needs to go. He and, was the ringleader. And today it would not be quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Branson really wanted wanted Lori gone. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. He, I think, because Branson's like, uh, even now he has like this high loyalty to people. So I think to see him with our, him and our mom are also really close. Like he, he loves family even now. So I think he was just like, uh, yes, it's like treason to him basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like someone's, someone's coming to here, try to replace our mom. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now I remember, I remember one particular incident where, we were doing the exchange. So Lori and I were married, but I was meeting your mom to, to pick up you and your, and your brothers. And, and they all come and run and they jump in the car and you would not get out of the car. Like it was, I mean, you would have thought I was abusing you or somebody was abusing you. You were like clinging to the door. Like I had to pull you away from the car. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, <laughs> but it, I mean, it took, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes for you to get in the car. And, um, I mean, that was torture for me as a dad looking at my son going, oh my gosh, what is going on? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't think I remember that specific thing well. That's good. Yes, yeah, real good. <laughs> I'm glad. Because I remember it. I mean, because I think it only happened like once, right? Um, but I, was, I yeah. remember just like not wanting to go back to your house just because of Lori and Jackson. Yeah. Like if they, if they were gone, like, yeah, I'll come back. But if they're still there, it's like, no. Right. And that's. And, and that really played on my emotion and in and, and my decision making, because like, I'm looking at my kids, you know, or I'm looking at you at this particular instance. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing to my kids? Um, you know, and, and should I really be evaluating or reevaluating what's going on? And, you know, most people have heard our story on the podcast, but I didn't see a way to change things. So we had tried so many things. And nothing was working. And then, you know, to fast forward some, we finally stumbled across what's now known as the Nacho Kids Method. And that's when we started looking at how can Lori step back and not be so involved in things. And, you know, I could step up more as the primary parent and do things for you guys. And I think that's that's when we started seeing a lot more success. Do you remember when things started getting better? Not like a specific point. Cause it's like, we're so young, but I think it just comes with like maturity mm-hmm. of like, you just get to a certain age where it's like, you start to 
negotiate better <laughs> instead of just like crying about it. So it was like, as long as you leave us alone, we're fine. We're going to stay up here in our kingdom that's above everyone else upstairs. We have our own living room, our own bathroom. Just don't, just don't come up here and just leave us alone. <laughs> right. I mean, it, and, and, you know, it's initially that's really what it was all about. It was what we call nachoing or disengaging, uh, which is kind of the initial step. And it doesn't solve the problems, but it, it relieves the pressure. And so, and you're kind of basically saying that, you know, when, when Lori wasn't as involved with everything, then it relieved the pressure of everybody in the house. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I will. I will say it's probably like best to have each parent with their own kids, because if like let's say it's like when it Lori came over, it felt like she was like getting too involved where she was like trying to replace our mom. You know, us being us, we love our mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, no, you're not our mom. So stop trying. Right. Even telling you to brush your teeth. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because you saw that as more of a parent thing. You know, you don't have friends walk up to you and tell you to brush your teeth <laughs> probably you know so it's kind <laughs> I of i don't know good friends will tell you to walk up walk up and brush your teeth walk up and brush your teeth well on the brushing teeth i do have a a beautiful loving wife that tells me to brush my teeth every night oh <laughs> she still has to remind you avery <laughs> no i'm going there like to brush my teeth now and she and she telling me while i'm brushing my teeth to brush her, my teeth she cares she just tells me because she can <laughs> because you can. <laughs> because I couldn't. <laughs> now I it's coming back to you. So, you know, when I would tell you to brush your teeth, I was telling you because I was helping your dad, but it didn't come across to y'all that way. No, it comes across as you trying to be our mom. It does <laughs> we, we don't really <laughs> it doesn't really come across as you helping dad at all because it's like, why doesn't dad just come in here and do it? Because we're just kids. We don't know what he's doing. Right. Like we don't know how busy he is. We don't understand the concept like work. And we really didn't know what was going on at the time. So like knows like, hey, why doesn't dad just tell us himself instead of you? Right. Yeah. I remember um I remember one time Lori was wanting me to get you guys to do something. I don't remember what it was, but I, I do recall going upstairs and saying, you know, for example, let's say it's making up the bed. I went upstairs and I was like, Y'all need to get these beds made up. And I think it, it might have been Ethan or Branson. It wasn't you, but one of you were like that came from Lori. That didn't come from you. <laughs> but do you do you recall anything like that where you felt like this this was wasn't really coming from me? It was just me saying what Lori wanted me to say to get you to do something. Uh, not specifically. Can't really remember anything like that. I know probably Branson and Ethan do. <laughs> but my thought was like, if Dad says something, then yeah. I do it because I don't want to get beat like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like I beat you like a dog. <laughs> yeah, I've been put in many headlocks by you, so that's just you play. I never did. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's just horseplay. <laughs> yeah, tickle monster comes with those steps. You don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you remember when we played monster? Oh yes, and we always threw Jackson to him. <laughs> I think the whole neighborhood knows that. The whole neighborhood. Yeah. We got like. At least a good like a hundred feet between us and the next house. <laughs> yeah, but y'all were loud. So, so Lori has talked about this. Well, yeah, it's because you're in the same house. She's talked about this game before, but ex- explain the game. Explain the game of monster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So you get everyone. Uh, Dad's obviously the monster because who can overthrow Dad? So, and we all are trying to run from him, and we cut off all the lights in the house, and basically have to like just 
go through the whole house until dad shows up and just try to survive. <laughs> Objective is to survive. That's it. <laughs> if you get caught, then you're on your own. Yeah. You do Well, you remember when, when you got called, I would drag the person to the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you guys would try to come and fight for, for him to, to get him back. Unless it was Jackson. Yeah, we threw Jackson like he was bait. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I remember more than once where I would have somebody in the hallway and you guys would come running down the hall and you would be flailing trying to get this person back, not realizing that you're beating the person <laughs> <laughs> beside you. <laughs> the person I'm holding, you're like just nailing them. I'm like, and they're like, stop, you're hitting me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was... It was funny because I would do things like, you know, all the lights were off. So sometimes I would even just lay on the couch and you guys would like walk right past me. I know one time one of you jumped up on the couch and I was on it. <laughs> it's a great team building exercise. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was. And um, but, you know, we would do that. And of course, whenever I jumped out, I was like, ah, y'all would take off running. And this is usually when Jackson got hurt. When you hear the the classic. <laughs> and we all run upstairs. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> yeah, that is. That when is we heard that, we all just ran because we didn't know who was getting in trouble. Was Not Jackson. Just, was, <laughs> no, because he was five. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was basically just the alarm bell to say, all right, fun's over. Yeah. Anytime you heard. Eh, eh. <laughs> they were gone by the end of the first. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could could involve it's like could involve him in anything because he get hurt too easily. And they're just like they you get mad at us for not including him. We're like he gets hurt too easily. He's just gonna cry. He's like no, he'll be fine. Then then of course. Eh, eh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well from from my <laughs> perspective, I honestly I agreed that he shouldn't be playing with you guys because of the size difference and the age, especially monsters things like that. Yeah. It was just, there was... He was hell-bent. He wanted to play. Yeah, there was that. But there was also times where I could tell, you know, sometimes Lori would say something to me later, but oftentimes it was really more of her, the look on her face, where it was kind of like, I don't want my kid to be excluded. He Mm -hmm. needs to feel like he's part of the family. Uh, At what point is he going to be part of this brotherhood that's over here? And uh, and I, I think that was a big struggle for both of them for a while, like... They want to feel like they're a part of this family because they literally did walk into this this family that was already there, already in that house and everything. And so they, you know, how can they merge into this or blend? <laughs> <laughs> Blending. So, like, of course, being the obviously the tight Sims family, you can't just like you can't just walk into the Sims family. It's kind of like a game. You got to jump in. <laughs> so like, especially when there's me in the triplets where we have like this tight bond that mm-hmm. can't be broken by anything except for on Friday night when you decide to redo WWE st- stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We that's talk. when it starts. That's when it starts going south. But other than that is like, we end the night. It's like, yes, we, we love each other. We're all brothers. And then of course, like there's Jackson. <laughs> So I will, I will say though, thank you, Lori and Jackson, for bringing us closer as brothers. Like our equal hate for you guys was <laughs> great enough to bring us together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it sounds bad to say now, but it's true. You're, you're welcome, Avery. I'm glad that there was some benefit to the pain. <laughs> it's, it's like you wouldn't work with this person otherwise, but <laughs> over time, over time, you guys have a greater enemy to deal with. <laughs> the enemy of my, of There's my no enemy. other way to put it. It's just like two. It's like two people that just don't like each other, but the power of this evil entity, you both like, <laughs> oh, hey, we both hate them. Yeah, we're friends now. <laughs> yeah, so it's the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yes, except for uh, the enemy of my enemy is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> we're going to we're fast forward some to... Um, I don't know. Let's fast forward to the point where you you've moved out and you joined the military. Well, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> Did at any point before you moved out, your hatred for me and Jackson decrease any? <laughs> of course, I had like that uh that like uh factor. Like it's like just but at the I like turned eighteen. I really didn't care at that point. I already had. I was going to the military. I had a car, had a job. I didn't have time to hate anyone anymore. <laughs> you had your focus on other things. Yeah, I, I was basically like becoming an adult and I was about to move out to a military. And it's just like, I don't care anymore. I'm about to be gone. It's not my problem anymore. Not your problem. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking back and I, it's so hard with time frames, but you were 10 when we got married. No, you were 11. You had just turned 11. Right? You got married in the summer, right? We got married in 2009, October. October? So 2009, yeah, just, you yeah, would have been... Yeah, just turned 11. Okay. I keep saying you, y'all were 9, 9, 9, and 10 when we got married, but no, I've, I've messed that up for years now. So <laughs> Lying you, to yourself. Yeah. So you were 11, and then you were probably 14, I guess, when my relationship with the brothers started changing because I had been nachoing for about a year. Or about that time frame, maybe closer to 15. So do you remember things changing in the house where things were better? Yeah, I'd say it's uh, about like a whole entire like, year after you started nachoing would be a, a good time frame to say. Yeah, but also it's like everyone's getting more older, more mature to like just leave each other alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we kind of got, we had to get over the hurdles. And I think that the year... I'm going to call it the year break, was a time that we all needed to heal from all the crap that we had went through together. And then after that, I slowly started reengaging with y'all. Not as much you, though, because you were more reclusive than the brothers. You know, you we would see you maybe eat, and that was about it. <laughs> he comes out of his shell to eat. And go yeah. Back. I mean, you were more, like you said, away from everything, more than the brothers were. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you ever remember a time where you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, I wish she'd be gone, but my dad loves her and, and, you know, they get along good together. And, and so, you know, I got, I guess I understand why they're fighting so hard to stay together. Yeah. But I think that was more around the time of like junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. where it was just like, eh, she's not leaving. So I <laughs> guess there's nothing I can really do about it. <laughs> <laughs> She ain't going anywhere. We might as well get used to it. And I'm I'm like two years away from leaving home. So as just stay here, I guess. Right. Be like, dang it. <laughs> she ain't gone yet. She ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Well, I, I do wonder how you feel about 
about putting so much effort into keeping a marriage going because you know I talk to you guys a lot about I really wanted to impart upon you guys how important relationships and people in relationships were that just because you hit bad spots doesn't mean you throw that person or that relationship out. You remember any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, over like our entire being raised. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because, you know, I mean, you know, now it's because your dad didn't want you to think that marriages were toss away. And so he just wanted to make sure that y'all understood how important marriages really were disposable. I remember when um, your mom and I got divorced, I remember reading a lot of stuff about divorce. And I remember one of the things I read said that when you get divorced, um, they've tracked it back to where that divorce can basically ripple down for like four generations. And I just remember reading that going, oh my gosh, I mean, this decision that I've had to make to do this is it drives the likelihood of my kids having to go through this up tremendously. And so I went way out of my way to try to defend against that. And and I really felt like I had an uphill battle the entire time trying to to fix something that may or may not even have been broken because I just didn't want you guys to start out in the negative. I didn't want you to start out already having odds against you. And so that's why I did it. Yeah. I treat my current marriage like it's gold. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a minute. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I wake up one day and, and Lori's like, um, did you know Avery got married? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd see it on Facebook. Yeah, not a good way to tell your dad you got married. Thought you'd see it on Facebook. Uh, I couldn't be just like a surprise. I come home and was like, surprise, just my wife. Yeah, there, there's multiple ways you could have handled it. But anyway, <laughs> we won't go down that path. I never I never said I was good at communicating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you've got you've got this wife, and um, and I won't mention her name in case you don't want her name out there, but um you met her in the military, uh in the military area that you're in not she's not in the military so you've you dated her for a while you've recently well i guess about a year ago you got married right yep yeah february this month was our one year anniversary right so one year do you ever look at your current wife and the relationship there and the feelings you have have you ever and and probably i don't know what you're going to answer here but have you ever thought about okay now if i take all the feelings i have now about my relationship. And if I look back at what my dad was dealing with, it makes a lot of sense why he did the things he did. Has that ever crossed your mind? For like what aspect of it? Just the fact that you got somebody there that that you care so much about that you don't want them to go anywhere. You want to fix the issues that might be there. You want to keep that person. Yeah, I I can see it, but it's a lot easier for me because I don't have kids right now. Right. And so I feel like it's a whole lot easier when you don't have kids involved because there's no like other commitments you have to make. Mm-hmm. So if without kids, it's like a whole lot easier. But with you, I don't think I'll ever understand until I have kids of my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of which, you ready to be a granddad? Yes. Are you going to surprise me on this podcast? No. no. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I'm dying to be an old lady with a ham sandwich. Don't touch my kids. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go into the kid thing. All right, here, here's one thing that's sometimes crosses people's mind, and it crosses ours from time to time. But, you know, you, 
you do the best you can, you being me, I do the best I can with with this whole blending thing and, and it and it went to crap and then we we fixed it. But there's always a lot of hurts and pains and damage and and you never know how people are going to react down the road. So when you have your own kid, th- there'll be other challenges that we still have to face as a blended family because now you have to make decisions about, you know, how do you how do you feel about your kid being around Lori as a stepmom or step grandma? Step yeah, step grandma, your stepmom, but step grandma. Um or how how do you have to maneuver now with potentially, you know, me and Lori and then your mom and her side of the family being in the same place for certain events, whereas, you know, we haven't had to do that in a long time. And so those are the types of blending challenges that, that will, will come with a grandkid. Have you thought about those? It's, it's like I have thought about it, but it's going to be like really weird to have to explain to them. It's like, oh, your grandma and grandpa by blood are not together. So we have to go to one state to see grandma and other state to meet grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) They both live in a part. It's going to be really weird to like try to understand, try to like explain that to them. Because I know like when I have kids, they're not going to be old enough to even speak. (laughs) Like when they meet you. I mean, that's a specialty right there. I'm going to keep that. (laughs) I'm glad that he's not saying that they're going to be, you know, in elementary school by the time we're able to meet the child. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, of course, they're they're going to be raised up like, I honestly hope they don't get the idea that having separate grandparents is normal because my wife's parents aren't divorced, but they're going to be living in the Philippines. So we can't see them very often. Mm-hmm. So most likely it's going to be you and mom that are going to see them more. So I just hope they don't get this like misconception that everyone has like grandparents living so far apart. Well, it's not normal per se, but it is the norm. I think once your child gets into school, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, everybody's got five grandparents or five. Where did I get five from? <laughs> Four grandparents. Five grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> Your daddy might be getting remarried, Avery. I don't know. Maybe that's where the five came that in. Is, that is never happening. <laughs> but I do have this question for you. I am so excited about y'all having kids of your own. Are you going to let me be the old lady with the ham sandwich? I mean, you're kind of born for that role. <laughs> I mean, as, as long as you can make a decent ham sandwich for my little babies, then sure. Thank you, Avery. So what she really wants to know in layman's terms is, are you going to bring the kid around her and can she hold it? Can I babysit? I guess as long as, as, long as dad's around. <laughs> you got any supervision. Okay, okay. You might want to make sure that's the other way. Remember what your dad used to let y'all do? Ethan knocking himself out so many times. Yeah, look how he turned out. It's great. Look, I was, <laughs> I was like an amusement park in, yeah. a, in and of myself. You were. So I've got videos of the kids like turning flips over, you know, over my head, over, you know, they would line up over and over and over and over again. Or I'd put them in a blanket and spin them around. And I mean, you know, I was good. I was a good dad. Yeah. The best. (laughs) There you go. None better. (laughs) Until, of course, I become a dad. Then I'm the best dad. Then you'll be the best. Yeah. You'll be the best granddad. Absolutely. And I'll be the best old lady with a ham sandwich. All right. So the old lady ham sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're like, what is she talking about? So uh, I went to Japan. Avery's stationed in Japan. So I went to Japan uh, two years ago now. Has and, it been that long? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Yep. So went to Japan and uh, Avery and I hung out for two weeks and we went to Tokyo and Osaka and Kyoto. And the haunted house thing in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with the owl. That was worth it. Totally worth it. So um, so we ran around Japan for two weeks uh, while, while Avery was on leave. And I mean, I had a blast. I still talk about that trip all the time. Did you talk about the time you get lost in subways? Yes. <laughs> I remember. The, I didn't hear about that. I remember Avery. The one time I looked up and I'm like, "Where did Avery go?" Like, yeah, I, I was, I knew where I was going, but Dad was completely lost. I went, I went down these stairs to go to the subway. I thought Dad was right behind me. I turn around, he's not there. Like, oh Lord, I lost Dad in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, because it's you know you you see the places where you're walking along the sidewalk and all of a sudden the subway's yeah. down. Yeah. Well, he goes down and apparently I went straight. He's still on the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean, and we're in Tokyo. Tokyo is like New York City mm-hmm. on crack because I think we were close to that Sibuya crossing, which is the most is the busiest cross. No, we were in uh, Shinjuku, from what I remember. Okay, so we're in Shinjuku, and I think is that where the um, uh, the robot restaurant was? Yes. Okay, and and the Godzilla theater. Yeah. Okay, so we're <laughs> again super super. Super busy place. <laughs> and I'm looking up and I'm like, gone. He's gone. I'm looking around everywhere trying to find him because, you know, I'm in Japan, so I'm taller than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking everywhere and I'm like, I can't find him. And I just stop. And I'm like, eventually I hope he'll come back. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to call him on the phone and, and all that. But he, he finally realizes I'm not behind him anymore. And he comes back up. <laughs> I'm like, Dad! Like, where'd you go? <laughs> Don't leave me in Japan. I wonder if at that time Avery realized that you were not with him, if he had almost that panic that parents have when they turn around and their kid's not there. Because he's used to being in that foreign country. You're not. Well, the interesting thing is I didn't panic. Like, I didn't go. Well, we know that, David. Avery, did you, like, (laughs) have any concern just for a second? Like, oh, no. I mean, that's dad. He can tangle himself. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Take care of myself. It's a grown man. (laughs) <laughs> if you left old lady with the ham sandwich, you better be scared. <laughs> All right, yeah, so we haven't got to that part yet. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'm in Japan, running around with Avery. At some point, I get on the phone with with, uh, with Lori, and we're talking, and I don't even know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about— It's because Lori's about to die to be a, for our, her stepkids to have babies. I don't remember what it was. We were talking—I think we were talking about the ring. We were, Avery and I were having a conversation about buying a wedding ring. And somehow I got on the conversation with Lori about it. And then Lori immediately jumps to the whole, you know, have a baby thing because she's about to die to have a baby or a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and so she. You guys have Ziva? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so she asked Lori, I'm sorry, Lori asked Avery, when you have a baby, please don't have my the baby call me Granny. Granny, you know, and, and Avery's like, I mean, not even thinking about it. Avery's like, Oh, he's going to call you old lady with a ham sandwich. (laughs) I mean, just. And what y'all don't understand is that made my heart happy. (laughs) Because I'm like, yes, they're not going to keep the grandbabies from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that is correct. So she's. um, I'm happy with old lady with a ham sandwich. She is. She is so, so ready for you guys to to bring a little baby over so she can play with Mm. it. So about the lore. For the old lady with the ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. So, like, where I got that from may just shock you. Oh, goodness. I may not want to know. <laughs> no, it's it's completely TBY7. 
Okay. Because that's what I put kind of shows from. So basically, you know how like I can remember a lot of things that aren't important. Because <laughs> like even right now, my my entire work center is like, man, you can like quote an episode from SpongeBob verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got it from SpongeBob on an episode where he's trying to get his uh driver's license mrs puff gets kicked out of the boating school because she sucks at teaching spongebob and that shark guy comes in and he makes some uh, like go around this office course blindfolded and one of the obstacles is an old lady with a ham sandwich <laughs> i remember that <laughs> that's where i got it from. <laughs> so you're an obstacle on the obstacle course <laughs> well i don't remember the old lady with the ham sandwich in that spongebob episode but i do remember that episode i do because the boat got cut in half. Maybe. I, I don't remember like all of it. Yeah. But I, I remember Old Lady with the Ham Sandwich. <laughs> did, they, did they say that in the episode? Yes. SpongeBob says that in the episode. Oh, I got to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be downloading that. That's crazy. Uh, so as we, as we wrap up, though, Avery, I want to ask you a couple questions. One being, if you could give advice to other step-parents... What would you say? Uh, I'm probably not the person to take advice from, but <laughs> I was the kid in that. So uh, I would just say be open with your kids and just uh, discipline your own kids and like just let them, so like let the steps be with the steps and let the naturals be with the naturals. <laughs> I don't know how else to word that properly. Right. It's just, just stay with your, just stay with your own kids. <laughs> and just because like the kids obviously don't want to be with the other family. So like, if you try to force it together, it's not going to really work. Well, but see, here's what I find interesting is that my treating Jackson differently than y'all bother y'all. But as you're older, you're saying to keep the family separate. You know, your dad and I often talk to people and the Nacho Kids Academy and stuff where they'll say, but I feel like we're not a family. And we're like, you're actually like three families. You have the bios and the steps, and then you have the blend kind of. They overlap, even though they're still separated, if that makes sense. It's like you can't really force them to like each other. So there's like, how do I say this? Uh, you can't make your own kids like like someone. So like if... You bring someone else to the house and you say that, oh, they're going to be living with us forever. <laughs> then they're not going to be like immediately, oh, that's great. We're going to be a happy family because that's just wishful thinking. It has to come naturally. Yes, it does. And of course, when your kids are young, they're going to be like bratty about it. So I just it comes with time. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no real way to speed up the process. You can really try how you want to, but I don't really think there's any way to speed it up. Other than just them growing up and seeing, oh, hey, it's how the world works. So so when it comes to the relationship part, if I had to sum it up, you would say, you know, let let the relationships happen naturally. Don't force them and, and kind of let the kid determine the speed of that. Yes, because it's like forcing them to do something they don't want to do is just going to be bad for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like trying to get you to play bingo on game night. Ooh, I remember that. Or was it Mason? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Mason. <laughs> yeah, I think it was now that I think about it. Yeah. All right. And the last question I have for you, um, Avery, is if you 
were talking to other stepkids about their blend and, and, you know, they're expressing to you how hard it is and what they're going through, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, just write it out. <laughs> just write it out. <laughs> Cause there's absolutely nothing you can do. Is <laughs> if they're like, it has to be something p- specific. Like if they're saying they're having a hard time getting along with their like stepbrother or sisters, I just be like, uh, just give you two space. Don't try to like bug each other. Just live in the same house. You don't have to be the family that they, that your parents want you to be. Cause at the end of the day, it's more like your house just becomes a high school <laughs> where you have this person you never met before. Just you see them every day. And so it, just because you live in the same house doesn't mean you're going to like them. Right. Or like you have to like them. Mm-hmm. So if you if you guys can come to an agreement about just like, hey, I leave you alone, you leave me alone, we're good. But if they got to get the whole belt on them, then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that the house is like a high school because that's what it felt like when I moved in with all y'all. We're like a daycare. <laughs> and just or because. A zoo. <laughs> yeah, a zoo. A zoo. I often refer to it as the zoo. Um, but what you're saying, I agree with 100%. I know you're not a stepmom. I know you're not a mom. I know you're not a female. But what do you think about the expectations put on a stepmom to love her stepkids like her own? Uh, from my personal experience, I I really didn't have any expectations from you. It's just like you're just there to love my dad, basically. Yeah. Darn, I could have met those. <laughs> well, <laughs> I screwed that up. Because it's like I, I, I already have a mom. So I don't like I don't need like another mom figure. But if I'm like getting the question wrong or like interpreting it wrong, then go ahead. No, you're fine. I think you're because a lot of the things you're saying are actually things that we teach. You're just you don't even know it. You're just talking about things that, that are tenets of of our methodology, which is really interesting. Um, but I, I think what what question Lori is trying to ask is if I were telling Jackson that I love him equally to what I love you guys. How would that make you feel? I mean, I know you're lying, but at least it's a good effort. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's let's assume I'm not. Okay, let's assume I'm going out of my way to say I love Jackson like he's my own, like he is my own, like he or is. like my own. I love him like my own. Yeah. How would that make you feel? I mean, it's fine with me. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's just it's like there's the point where it's like, yes, you love them, but don't try to like overdo it to where it just makes you feel uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. Because like just trying to like force yourself into the parent's position is just an awkward thing. It's like if they already have like their mom or something that's still around and you're trying to just like be the new mom, I I don't see that working well. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a good point because to say that to love you like my own would be me hugging on y'all like I did Jackson all the time. And I love you and, you know, whatever. Um, Even though I do tell y'all I love y'all and you begrudgingly hug me. But (laughs) um, (laughs) if you heard your dad say to somebody, I have four sons, but one stepson, but I love them all the same. Would that bother you because your dad isn't Jackson's biological dad? I mean, no, it's the same as having a pet. (laughs) You're killing me, Avery. I mean, you are I killing mean, me. If you think about it, it's like he's not your biological son, but you still you can't you technically like adopted him like a dog. <laughs> I have a I have like a turtle, a, two cats, and I love them all the same. 
Okay, well then let me re- <laughs> let me rephrase this for you. What Avery's saying is, oh, ain't that cute? He thinks he loves them the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, and I, I'm going to put this into perspective because I think this will be what gets you to where I want you to be. Your dad dies. He has $500,000 in a life insurance policy. He leaves each of y'all and Jackson $100,000. Would that bother you? Uh, no, I don't think so because he's technically married to you. So, Darn, Avery, I'm so proud. Because Branson said, I didn't ask him about the money part, which. <laughs> you know what he is. Yeah, I know what Branson would say. <laughs> but Branson said that it would hurt his feelings if your dad loved Jackson the same as he loved y'all because. Jackson's not his kid. Well, I also think about it as like, I have a different mindset than Branson. Mm-hmm. I have like a whole type of like libertarian mindset, whereas like you do what you want with your money. I'm not going to judge you. It's like if you if you love Jackson like your own, fine. If you don't, fine. If you want to give him your life savings, fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's just nothing really affects me right now. Like when it comes to like people's personal choices. Okay. Right? So kind of to each his own. Yeah, but if you want to give me more money, I'll, I'll gladly accept it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, you see what I'm saying because um, I'm like a super non-confrontational uh, person. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of just go with the flow, like you said. But I do know that Jackson has even said that if I loved y'all the same as I loved him, like if you had a way to measure love and I loved y'all the exact same way that I loved him, that it would bother him. He's like, no. You're 50% of my DNA. I grew inside your body. You and I have a bond that you don't have with those kids. And a lot of times, stepmoms are put into situations where they are expected to love their stepkids and their bio kids exactly the same, treat them exactly the same, and all this happy stuff. And it puts a lot of stress on the stepmom because, yes, I love y'all. I would do anything in the world for y'all, but I don't love you like my son. It's no different than you could love me, but it's nothing like you love your mom. Yeah, I just think that's an old part of life. Like, Of course, you're, you're going to love someone who's been inside your stomach for nine months more than just some kids you met because you were <laughs> married to some guy. Because it's like, yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense, right? <laughs> There's nothing you can really do to top someone coming out out of you (laughs) (laughs) well yeah but it's like you said earlier too that you can't speed up that process and i've been with jackson you know minus one years ago but or whatever you want to say you know because i was pregnant with him but with y'all i couldn't just come in and us have that bond i didn't date y'all we didn't yeah i mean you you had to work on the bond with jackson for nine months before you got to talk to him yeah (laughs) longer than that before he talked back thank goodness but does that does that make sense to you yeah i've I feel like joining a step family with like with kids already there is just like you going through the whole entire like trying to raise a child, but without having that like nine months of being pregnant and then raising them because without you raising them, they're not going to see you as like a mother figure. They're just going to see you as some person that's just there because their dad likes them. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you put it accurate earlier, which you said, you know, Lori's here to you know, for, for me, she's here because she loves me and she's my wife. She's not here to be your stepmom. But I am here to be your baby's old lady with a ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, I know you were more withdrawn 
than the brothers. Again, it may have been the age difference. It may have even been because you were alone the first year of your life and you were just more reclusive or it's just your personality. I say more personality because I wasn't alone that long. <laughs> I know, but you know, I was, I was stretching there. But I do remember I have one picture of you and me that you actually have your head laid on my shoulder. And that's the only picture I think that you willingly took with me up until a couple years ago when you came home. (laughs) (laughs) No, we had family pictures done, but I do remember that picture. And I don't know where it is, but your dad remembers it too. Mm -hmm. And I guess just because of who you are and you being Avery, and I'm doing quotation marks, is that picture meant a lot. Because there was a time that you did feel like you could trust me, and there was a comfort level. And I know what you're thinking. That is not me in that picture. (laughs) But it is you. It's a deep fake. (laughs) It's your, uh, what do you call them, people? Doppelganger. Yeah, it's your doppelganger. (laughs) What surprised me? Yeah. But one question I have for you is, I know you don't have kids of your own now, but you've got your kitty cats and your turtle. So can you understand, say... Somebody brought their cats over for you to watch, and it started beating up your cat. <laughs> the cat's dying. Exactly. Then yeah, that's cats. I know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but but if I were to say like, if I had if so if I were uh, had my kids at home and someone brought their kids over for me to babysit, and that kid started beating up my kid, yeah, that kid's dying. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying, or can you understand that? I was protective of Jackson. and He was only five. <laughs> he's only five. He's still only five. He's five. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I can remember that. <laughs> so Mama Bear kicked in, you know, and of course, nobody wants to think their child lies to them. And what's even worse is when David's standing there saying, I never said that. And Jackson's going, yes, he did. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I don't want to call my kid a liar. I don't want to call my husband a liar. What do you do? Call them both a liar. And it was (laughs) was the same thing with y'all is I didn't want to call anybody a liar. And naturally, Mama Bear protects the baby cub. And he's five. (laughs) Five-year-olds also lie. Yep. Remember that when you have yours because you'll say, no, not my sweet babies. Oh, I know myself well enough to say, oh, yes, that are, those are my little devils. <laughs> I'll be going, my grandson didn't lie. Uh-huh, and I'll be saying, yes, he did, just like Avery. <laughs> <laughs> Avery never lied. No, I don't ever remember you lying to me. Yeah, Avery, would just, he would not say a word. But Avery would not say a word sometimes when it wasn't to not tell a lie. To cabal a silence. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I swear you did. I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, but your dad wanted me to take you to get poster board for a project you had done at school. Of course, it was that last minute. You tell him on a Thursday, it's do you want a Friday? And he's cooking supper or something. And he said, will you take Avery to the store and get um, a piece of poster board? And on the way to the store, like you had not said a word. And I was talking to you and you were just like in Avery land. And I sent your David a text. Text. I sent your David. <laughs> My David. I, I sent your daddy a text, and I'm like, he is not talking, not moving. I'm wondering if I should slap him to see if he's alive. <laughs> Do you remember that by chance? I don't think so. If you say like a like a year, probably. Oh no, dude. <laughs> no. Or like uh, what grade I was in? Oh gosh. Who knows? Yeah, there's no telling. But the older you get, when you get our age, it'll be when we say. 
the other day, it could have been five minutes ago, or it could have been 15 years ago. So just remember that. (laughs) So one more thing. We've often joked about you writing a book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You remember the name of the book? It's like things not to do to your wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or things not to say to your wife. That's it. (laughs) 100 100 things not to say to your wife. That's it. That's it. (laughs) We still joke about that. You know, your dad will do something, and we'll say, Avery needs to add that to the book. Or we'll do like you used to do and just write in the air with the pen. I like we're writing with a pen. Mm-hmm. I could honestly make a book. Yeah. Imagine if you were still here, even not even living with us, but just around us more and communicating with us more. You'd have 10,000 things not to say to your wife. Yeah. Because there's at least one a day. You could make an entire volume. Yeah. You so, could probably do, do that just off the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so are you taking those things to heed with your wife? Are you? She wants to know, are you a button pusher, Avery? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. But yes. she is too. Oh. We, we we both are. <laughs> is she? Oh, I love her already. We both annoy each other, but it's all good because at the end of the day, we love each other. Oh, honey, that sounds like us. Look, don't think you're not a button pusher. No, but he said that they annoy each other, but at the end of the day, they love each other. I know. I said, that's like us. I know, darling. Oh. See, I love your wife already because she's a button pusher. I'm so glad I raised more button pushers. The world needs more button pushers. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about this. Avery, your father has taught my son how to be an expert button pusher. Oh, he's good. And they gang up together and push the button together. They're a team. Oh, we're good. The red button or the blue button? Oh. Both at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially when your dad wants me to clean up because he knows it'll make me mad and I get all this energy that has to come out because I want to kill somebody. <laughs> And so I start cleaning. So he'll push buttons on purpose. Now you know why I do it so often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Avery, why do you push people's buttons? See how they react. <laughs> see? I just want to see what happens. <laughs> just know, I'm a simple man. But you, you're smart enough to know that certain things you do are going to have specific reactions. Yes. And it's worth it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> <laughs> she can't wrap her mind around why button pushers think what they think. I can't because it's mean. It's not mean. It's out of love. It's not. It totally is. I mean, with my wife, it'll be uh, like small things. Like she'll just pretend not to hear me. And then she'll like say what? And then just say, I'll say it louder. And she'll say what? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I, I came home yesterday from work and she's like hiding behind the counter trying to scare me. <laughs> Like the cat. Yeah, I'm startled, and then I just throw my coat on her face. (laughs) Were you really startled? I was. I know that Ethan and Branson had a joyous time scaring me. (laughs) Were you in on that, too? I don't remember. I don't care enough to scare you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, that sums up Avery. He doesn't care enough to care. He doesn't care enough to... To scare. To scare. (laughs) I don't care to scare. I'm not Monsters, Inc. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you, that's a good mentality. We might have to work together on a challenge for the boot camp. Like I have very few people that I hate because I don't have enough time for you. <laughs> I don't have enough time to hate. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, I'm afraid to ask you more questions because this has went really well. <laughs> <laughs> what she wants to know is, do you still hate her? Mm. I think about that one. <laughs> no, I'm over that. <laughs> Ooh, that made me cry. Like, I'm out of the house. I don't. I don't need to see you anymore. 
I know, it's so sad. She was saying today, she's like, I don't think I've talked to Avery since he came home like two and a half years ago. Yeah, I really don't think I have. I mean, just means we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yep. No, it means we all busy. That's all right. Before the end of the year, we'll see him. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. It is true. I know you're not, but. I'm not. <laughs> that's a whole nother story and a whole nother time. I got one more question, Avery. And <laughs> How many then, times have you said I know, that? I know. <laughs> one more question. I ain't talked to you in two and, hour, and a half years. Two so. hours later. Yeah. One more question. It's like I, an interrogation at this point. Now look, How many one more questions? <laughs> that's it. This is it. Maybe. So, you know, here with your dad, you had different rules than you did at your mom's. Yep. How did you feel about that? Uh, or did you just not care because you're Avery? <laughs> Mostly didn't care, but I was like, there's <laughs> really nothing I could do about it. So I just said, okay, just deal with it. But that's me being me. Instead of calling it Nacho Kids, David, we should have called it Avery. <laughs> <laughs> learn to Avery. You should just learn to Avery that. <laughs> just Avery that. Well, no, you know, a lot of what we have to teach is I was trying to help you telling you to brush your teeth. I wanted you to grow up to be some outstanding young men, and I felt like that I could help with that. So I had good intentions, but I didn't realize I was overstepping or causing issues. So part of the nacho process is to step back and disengage, and then to also change your perspective on things and don't let things bother you for an extended amount of time. For instance, if I came home and y'all were supposed to do the dishes and you didn't do the dishes, instead of me being mad for two days about it and not talking to your dad, give it five minutes of being mad and be done with it. Because there's nothing you can do to change it. So you're recognizing the frustration with it, but you're not letting it take over your life. You're controlling your own emotions rather than trying to control situations you can't. Yep. That's a good way to put it. It's like the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I say that to your daddy all the time. Yeah, you could have like good intentions, but it doesn't mean it's going to end well. No, no, it didn't. Well, it did end well. It did end well. Well, it ended well just because we worked our tails off to make it end well. We refused to give up. Yep. And I know that I am extremely proud of you, Avery, because I will admit I was afraid that you were going to be living here when you were 30 and you were still going to be doing the bread route every other Saturday or on Saturdays, whatever it was, and playing your video games. Good to know you had faith in me. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember your dad had talked to somebody at Food Line about you getting a job. And he would ask you, did you call? And you're like, no. And I'm like, he needs to flip and call. And your dad would ask you a little bit later, did you call? No. (laughs) I'm like, dang it. He needs to call. And it's like, once I learned more with the nacho, it's like, why was I so worried about you calling Food line to see if you could get a job. Because what it represented to me was if you didn't call food line, you were going to end up living here till you were 30 or 40 or 50, playing games and working on the bread route every Saturday. Ah, so it comes <laughs> out you really don't like me. I do like you. <laughs> no, it's, I love you it's, tremendously. It's because she's had some past experiences with people living with their parents for extended, extended, extended periods. Oh, let's just say their entire life. Isn't they're still there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But no, it's um, one of those things that when you are a blended couple, when the kids start getting older, it's like, okay, well, what are your expectations of them? Where do you think this is going? And I remember we asked y'all one time, what age y'all thought was too old to be living with us? And I don't remember what anybody else said, but I remember Mason saying 23. 
And I remember thinking, sounds good. That's a really good age. I mean, because the world's not the same as it was when I was 18 or your dad was 18. Used to, you could have a full time job or even a part time job, make a minimum wage and still afford an apartment. You can't do that now because the cost of things have just gone up. So you really need to stay as long as you can in the home and save money, but still have ambition and drive and goals or do like y'all did and join the Air Force or the military. Yeah. Say getting getting out on your own nowadays is really a lot harder than it used to be. It is. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. I mean, it was nothing when I was growing up. It was odd if you were still at your parents when you were 20. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like everything's a whole lot more expensive and you're just not prepared for it. Mm-mm. No, I would have rather of y'all have lived here until you were 23 and save money than for you to go out and have to live paycheck to paycheck. Well, come back broke. Yeah. <laughs> at least I could say I tried. Yeah. You move out at 18 and you're back at 20. Then it takes you five more years to recover from the damage. <laughs> hey, Avery, thanks again for being on the podcast and giving us your insight and perspective of things as always. Um, Hearing your perspective is very interesting and entertaining. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm glad I could be of assistance. And I will admit, I was scared to death. <laughs> she, she was. Scared of what? She is worried to death that you're going to get on here and go, I hated you then, I hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> David, you shouldn't have said that because, you know, Avery. <laughs> I mean, I get. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we really do appreciate you being on the podcast because when your dad told me that you wanted to be on the podcast, I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought I was in a dream because I never thought that we would get you on the podcast. Now, Jackson has said that he would be on it too. So now if we can just get Mason, that would be everybody. Good luck trying to contact them. Yeah, that's true. Mason's yeah. so elusive. What we should do is if we ever get everybody together again, we'll do uh, an episode where all of us are on the same. <gasps> oh, Lord. That would be awesome. And do pictures. That'd be chaotic. Oh, it would be awesome. Well, we'd have to like cut Branson off. He'd have to have a mute button <laughs> and a volume button. But he just talk way too long. Yeah, he would talk too loud because you know he's loud. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the pumpkin hunting? How could I forget pumpkin hunting? There you go. Actually, what was more entertaining was what we did after the pumpkin hunt. Yes, it was. I'm not even talking about like shooting the pumpkin, I'm talking about taking the pieces of the pumpkins. And just getting the go-karts and just throwing at each other. <laughs> I remember that time I went airborne going over that pumpkin in the uh, go-kart and the brakes went out and almost hit that tree. <laughs> it was in my robe. Imagine that. Good times. Good times. Well, I'll keep talking forever. You know that. So yep. wrap it up, David. All right. Every thanks again. And we will be talking soon whenever you get back to South Carolina. Well, you better talk to him before then. Oh, I'm sure I will. But, you know. Nah. All right, buddy. <laughs> talk to you later. Yep. See you. That really was fun. Yep, it was. I miss Avery and his sense of humor. Do you really? Yeah. See, I didn't think you'd miss any of my kids. You know better than that. <laughs> there towards the end, after I had re-engaged, I started missing them when they went back to their moms. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you, sometimes you miss them when I wouldn't miss them. <laughs> it was a shocker for me when I missed them, too. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for Avery to come back. You know, he's married now. I know, and I can't wait to meet his beautiful wife. Yep. Yep. That's right. My very first um, daughter-in-law. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure she's, I'm sure she's awesome. So it really would be great if we could get all of the kids together, mm-hmm. the OG nacho kids, yep. all five of them and have 
like a panel. But I'm thinking we'll need to go on a cruise for that. Let's get the band back together. Yeah, let's get the band back together. Uh, you know what we need to do? We need to go back to that place where we had the picture made, where everybody's laughing, and recreate that picture. Andrew Jackson State Park. No, it wasn't there. Yeah, it was. It was not. It was. It was not. We went. We met. Oh, you're talking about at the pond. Yes. Okay, because I was thinking of the one where we're all laughing and Avery's got somebody in a headlock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. We can, re- we can recreate that one, too. Yeah. You talking about when you were spanking your butt and they were laughing at you? <laughs> That's the only way I can get a smile out of anybody. Yeah, and then I do it and they're just like, duh. Yeah, well, they wasn't really liking you at that point. It was still funny. <laughs> they weren't going to laugh at you just because it was you, no matter how funny it was. No, I think they liked me then. That was like our first pictures. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You say so. They started not liking me not long after. Probably that day. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We can look back and see where the stretch of time is where we didn't have any family pictures made and we know that's when things were bad. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, David, we do have an announcement to make. Okay. I have been working on something that got delayed, but it's now back in the works and it's called the Stepmom View. All right. What is that all about? It is all about five stepmom experts, including myself, answering the most challenging Step family questions. Hmm. So we have a panel of five people. Mm-hmm. Five awesome people. All right. And uh, so that you're going to throw the same question at all five people. Yeah. That's good. So you get five completely different points of view mm-hmm. from five different experts all at one time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. So, sounds pretty cool. Very exciting. So we'll tell you more about that next week. All right. All right, David. Do I'm, your thing. I'm wrap us up. Yep. All right, folks. Thanks for listening again this week and join us again next week for another exciting episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. And remember for Lori and myself, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.